When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any other films. All orders are made specifically. Your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. I'm former WWE superstar Al Snow, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. I'm going back to my gimmick infringement. Unlike the episode that is dropping as we speak from last Saturday. But figured we'll do this one. I watched on TV part one because that damn lower back seemed to have some issues. But AEW took over Queens last night. And I was supposed to be at the show, but unfortunately couldn't. But Mr. Ginsburg, frequent contributor, was there. So, what did you think overall before we get into it? Attending your first AEW show. Overall, um, I had very mixed emotions. I think uh, Wrestling 101 
is you need to be able to see the ring. I think seeing the ring is a basic. Uh, Strange concept. Yeah, the, 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 the huge flames, the confetti, uh, the various pyro, the, the fireworks are all wonderful, but it would be nice to see the ring. And because of everything there, the cables, the wires, the biggest screen in the galaxy, you could see microscopic life in puddles on Mars from that screen. Uh, you honestly were not able to see the ring. There, it, it was You couldn't see the outside of the ring. You couldn't see one or two corners in the ring. You couldn't see other parts of the ring. So I'm sitting there and I'm in the middle. I'm not on top. Okay. You know, and even what part of the ring I could see, they looked this big. It looked like you were watching it picture in picture. So, so basically you're watching a TV show. Now you're not getting the endless barrage of TV commercials like, if you're watching TBS or whatever, but my point being, um, as excellent as some of the wrestling was, and some of it was excellent, you're watching a TV show and you're paying top dollar to see it. You know, unless of course you have media comps, but I, I, I don't know, man. I, I'd rather, I'd rather see something simpler, you know. You're, you're, you're watching a good wrestling show. You can see everything in and around the ring, and you don't have all the bells and whistles. Um, my What I found interesting was this is basically just a weekly TV show, and it felt like a pay-per-view. I mean, with uh, massive flames and confetti when uh, Jericho won the ROH belt. And I mean, so... It was like you were at WrestleMania, and it was just the TV taping that I, in an ideal world, would have been able to actually watch in the ring instead of a football field away and on a giant TV screen. The building itself is cavernous. Last year, I believe it was sold out last year, and there were yes. eighteen there were eighteen thousand people. Um, there were plenty of empty seats, but it, there was still well over 10,000 people. And it was a gate of over $1 million. And we hold the world ransom for $1 million. <clears throat> well, don't you think we should maybe ask for more than a million dollars? A million dollars isn't exactly a lot of money these days. Virtucon alone makes over $9 billion a year. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Okay, then. $1 million, and I'll tell you why. Ringside was $500 plus. Mm -hmm. $500 plus. And uh, so it, it scaled from $35 on top to $500 plus on the bottom. And... That's before Ticketmaster and various other fees. So uh, these people love their AEW. These to them, this was WrestleMania. This was uh, the Survivor Series. You know, 
whatever, SummerSlam. And the first thing I saw as I entered, um, it's called Flushing Meadow Park, where Arthur Ashe Stadium, a very famous park. It has that beautiful globe from the 1964 World's Fair. You've seen it in a hundred movies. If not, anyway, it's a beautiful old park, very famous. The first thing I saw was this huge store that they converted into an AEW merchandise shop. And it was a massive line, massive. I mean, I mean, you would you would have thought they were giving the merchandise away. These people were there to spend their money. They are passionate. That even uh, during the uh, the pre-show from seven to eight p.m., um, they they had two matches, and the fans know everybody. They know every angle. They know. Um, um, they, they're just invested in all of it. I mean, they're sold on it. They're sold on it. And some of, some of the pops, some of the heat was unbelievable. And again, um, Moxley and uh, Danielson was excellent wrestling. Jericho and Claudio was excellent. Um, you know, it, it's it's quality wrestling. It's big time wrestling. Don't, you know, don't give me that outlaw mud show stuff. I mean, he had a million dollar gate for a TV taping, mm -hmm. not even a major pay per view. I mean, this you know, you, you could you could you could spin any way you want if um, you're an obsessive WWE fan or hate AEW for whatever reason. Oh, they're Oh, they're just, uh, you know, spot monkeys. You know, you can spin it any way you want, but you can't spin it if it's over a million dollars on a Wednesday night for for one of 52 shows that they do every year. It, it's pretty impressive. And again, the event itself was spectacular, but it was not an ideal, it was not an ideal way for a fan to watch a show. And uh Guy comes, guy comes in seated next to me, a stranger. I didn't know him. He was with a group of four, four or five guys. And he sits down and he goes, am I allowed to curse on your show? You can say whatever you he, want. He looks, at the, he looks at the view from our scene. And he goes, what the fuck is this? But you couldn't see anything. So, so uh, you know. And so later I'm chatting with these guys. They're all in their 20s, 30s. You know, they have their wrestling shirts. So I'm likable enough guys that I'm chatting with them. And the one guy says, I wish I was sitting down there at ringside where it's not obstructed. And I said, yeah, but that's over $500. And, and he goes, well, you know, it might be worth it. You could see everything. And I go, <laughs> you know. Personally, I would never pay five hundred dollars to see a wrestling show. I'm sorry. What did we joke about the night before on the phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car, car so, payments towards mortgage, you know, just all that kind of stuff. Yeah, to me, five hundred dollars is a plane ticket. It's not a wrestling ticket. But um, what I, you know, um, I could tell you the people love what they saw. They they enjoyed the matches. They cared. The belts meant a lot to them. So. Um, was it an ideal night for me? No, <laughs> but, but it was a very successful wrestling show that featured some excellent wrestling, which is more than you can say 
for a lot of WWE house shows where they go through the motions and it's instantly forgettable. And but but I'll add this <laughs> at 10 p.m. or so, give or take a minute or two, when uh, when Dynamite ended, um, people left. <laughs> a lot of people left. Uh, my entire row cleared out and. I would say walking back to the subway in the park, um, there were a couple of hundred at least, maybe a thousand people in that crowd that just said, that's enough. I've been here three hours. And even though they did an entire two-hour rampage taping right after that, which uh, I'm sitting there going, I'm watching it on a screen. I, you know, I don't need to be in a park one o'clock at night when it actually ended. I don't need to be on a subway one o'clock at night. New York is not the safest place in the world. As I'm walking through the park, the police, um, to getting to the show and coming out at 10 o'clock, the police are all by themselves chatting in one section rather than spread out throughout the park. So maybe they know something. <laughs> They're like protecting themselves. So... Uh, <laughs> It was an interesting experience. I, I don't regret going. Was it life-changing? I wouldn't say so. I've been to thousands and thousands of wrestling cards. And um, I'll put it to you this way. Honestly, um, it blew away a SmackDown TV taping. It blew away a Raw TV taping. It blew away a WWE house show. But here's the big asterisk. The... The ROH shows in New York, Nigel McGuinness era, this didn't touch it. I'm sorry. It just wasn't as good. And that's a fraction of the price. You could see the ring perfectly. It was an intimate space. Wrestling-wise, it did not touch it. There were two excellent matches, the main event and the ROH championship. The acclaimed had incredible heat. The fans loved them. But it didn't touch the pay-per-view match. It wasn't a great match. It was mm -hmm. solid. It was, I gave it three and a quarter stars out of five. It, it just wasn't a great match. There were two excellent matches on the show. The rest, except for the reactions, the, the, the heat, the heat is amazing. The fans, uh, Soraya, formerly known as Paige, she comes out. You know, she's 120 pounds or the women all flee in terror, you know, like it's Andre the Giant or whatnot. It makes it. But, but the fan reaction was amazing. Just amazing. And uh, MJF, he's like the biggest star they have. I'm telling you, the reaction for him, every time they showed that guy, um, the place just popped. I mean, he's going to be the champion at some point near future, next year, whatever the case may be. Um, you know, a lot of these guys are not kids. Billy Gunn's pushing 60 and Jericho's 50. And a lot of the other guys are in their late 30s and 40s. CM Punk's in his 40s. He keeps getting hurt, you know, and who knows what the politics, if some of these guys will even be there. But um, my point being, you know, you build a promotion around a great young star and MJF is a total package, total. And I'm jaded, believe me. I've seen everybody over 50 years. I'm 103 years old. I've seen them all from Piper on down. MJF, 
is very solid in ring. He has a great look. He's a great promo guy. He has charisma off the charts. He's one of those rare heels who are menacing and funny simultaneously. A la Piper. Yeah, like Piper, which is gold. If you can make somebody hate you and love you, like Jericho, the same fans last night, they're booing and cheering him. They're, they're singing his song, then they're booing him, then they're cheering him when they won. When you have that level of talent and charisma, and Jericho's an all-time great, I, I think MJF has that potential. And let me say something else before I forget, and you know, not to... Not to, you know, I don't mean to not let you talk, but there's one. Okay, there's Mike Lano. Uh, yeah, like La- like Mike. Yeah. <laughs> That's one last point. Um, wrestling journalism. Let me just say so. Years ago, I had an online debate with uh, this guy who uh, was a newspaper writer. And he did these fawning reviews of the WWE house shows. And in one of the reviews, he said, Triple H welcomed us backstage, my son and I. And he chatted with my son, and he was nice. And I'm like, that has nothing to do with the match. You still, you still have to review the card, review the show, be honest, say the good, bad, and ugly of it. That's journalism. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. I mean... If you have an in at AEW or WWE or whoever the, whoever the promotion may be, it doesn't mean you're not allowed to be critical and honest. And, and, and you know, what did you experience? Not Triple H patted my kid on the head and gave him a T-shirt. That's not being a journalist. That's being a mock. That's being a fanboy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, I, you know, so... Part of me, I love AEW. I love AEW. I hope they're a solid competitor for w, to WWE forever. Neither is going to put the other out of business. Get that out of your head. They had a million-dollar payday last night, AEW. Million-dollar gate, I should say. And uh, they're going to be around for a long, long time. And the, the fans also. You know, WWE is my religion. Well, it doesn't mean everything in AEW is crap or WWE is crap. Well, every pay-per-view, they have one or two or three excellent matches. Their TV is mostly crap, but, you know, you can't deny WWE. Uh, Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, you can't deny that's a great match. So call it down the middle, people. (laughs) Anyway, Jonathan's leaving. I'm doing my monologue. (laughs) Jonathan quit his own show. So, uh, no, I was grabbing, uh, since we're going, and I know I left you a voicemail with it last night. Since we're gonna say WWE is your religion, I'm getting my menorah out. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, crap. Speaking, uh, of, speaking of that, when I came home last night, I was watching on PBS, they have, Ken Burns has a documentary series on how America dealt with the Holocaust. And, Oh my God, that's rough. That that's rough. I know this has nothing to do with wrestling. So anyway, so. But what I was gonna say first and foremost is instead of us doing a match by match breakdown, Evan does talk about it. He made an article post today on Pro Wrestling 
post.com. So I will post a link to that with this episode. So you can check that out from his yeah, pro wrestling, pro wrestling post is an excellent website. Uh, current events, um, indies, history, and I'm also senior editor over at Pro Wrestling Stories with 700 articles. And that's that's predominantly history. But uh, check out ProWrestlingStories.com and ProWrestlingPost.com. I'm uh, proud of my work with both of them. I was going to ask, because I we started this off with the crowd feel. And according to your article, because everything on the internet is true, last I heard. There might have been a sense that you may have been going to a Grateful Dead concert instead of wrestling. Would you say that's a pretty accurate statement? The first thing I experienced as I walked through the park was I smelled tons of weed. I smelled tons of weed. <laughs> and I'm fine. I'm fine with that. You know, but I'm not I'm judging just, either. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, what are you people on dope? This was a young crowd. Um it's a perfect demographic. They were mostly in their 20s and 30s. Disposable income, as they say. A lot of these guys aren't married, don't have kids. I saw more women than I would usually see at a WWE show. The, the women are into it. Um, and they were there to spend money, boy. The uh, merchandise line was was huge to the point where I'm sure they missed some of the matches. The line you know, was so huge. And there were merchandise areas throughout the arena also, beyond the store that was right outside the arena. So uh, so they had a T-shirt with the MTA subways, subway numbers. I came in on the number seven train <laughs> and the AEW logo. And it was $40 for that T-shirt, $40 for a plain little T-shirt. And I'm like, well, I'm I'm skipping that stop. <laughs> the T-shirt was so. I'm skipping that stop at forty <laughs> bucks a pop. But but um bum. But um, got my God, everybody was wearing T-shirts, and the one that I saw more than anything besides the AEW logo, and this this is just walking with thousands of people into the park. Um, they had scissor me daddy ass. Okay. So, so if you're not a wrestling fan, I don't know what message you're giving on that subway going back home to uh, the non-AEW or wrestling fans. Me, Daddy! But, uh, you know, you have to have some guts oh. to wear that shirt. You know, it's, uh... Here's the thing with that, before I ask my next question, and you'll understand, I think, where I'm going with this. That when it comes to wrestling, there is some dumb shit, and I'm not disparaging the talents that get over, whether it be the people's elbow or just it's flat out silly, but the crowd reacts. But the Sizzami Daddio is got to be up there on silly gimmicks, I guess you would say. Sizzami Daddy ass. This is what the T-shirt says. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it became a T-shirt. It's probably one of the best selling shirts they got currently. Well, it, you know, I I make movies. <laughs> we did three hundred fifty days. We did the wrestler. Um, in 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 Hollywood, they call it high concept. Can you describe a movie in ten words or less? It's the same principle with a catchphrase in wrestling. Short sweet catchy entertaining 
funny in this case. And sometimes it, you know, it just connects. It just connects. It's one of those things that just, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's almost like improv comedians. Like sometimes something will just come out, come out and it's funny. It's just plain funny. And uh, when they do that scissor deal with, uh, with Gunn, with Billy Gunn, I mean, the place erupts. They, it's, a, it's so over. It's like the people's elbow. That's a perfect example. That's a silly gimmick, but man, did it ever get over. So um, sometimes it's unpredictable what's going to work in wrestling and what isn't. And um, as a spectacle, I give that show a 10. As a, as a wrestling show, I give it I give it a uh, six or seven. I mean, the wrestling was very good. I wouldn't say great. And some of it was less than good. Uh, and as a viewing experience for a live fan sitting behind massive equipment, I give it a, I give it a two or three. I mean, I basically watched it on a giant TV, the biggest TV set in the galaxy I was watching it on. So uh that's it in a nutshell. I mean, um, I saw better Ring of Honor championship matches uh, during Nigel McGuinness's reign, but it was an excellent match. I've seen better Brian Danielson matches with uh, Morishima and certainly with Nigel McGuinness, but it was an excellent match with him and Moxley. I mean, I could go on and on. You know, when you've gone to countless shows and seen countless matches there's always going to be something better something worse and uh you know uh but ideally i don't think it's a lot to ask to be able to see the ring strange concept i know two more things i want to bring up because i don't want to drag this out all day and obviously i saw notes on rampage uh, you went home but I found it interesting that they brought in the great Muda. I'll say that because obviously when this airs, it will probably, it'll be Saturday morning probably. So people have seen the show. So what do you think of bringing in a legend like Muda on his uh, retirement? Khan, I think Tony Khan is a hardcore wrestling fan at heart and he loves wrestling and he has good taste in wrestling. He knows you know, he, the way he thinks about wrestling is the way I think about wrestling. Guy, bringing guys who can wrestle, uh, total packages like uh, Danielson and Moxley. And and again, contrary to some of the fans, um, I um, I love the Bucks. I, I, I love Omega. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of CM Punk, you know. I know these guys are persona non grata to some of the fans, but... Those guys are tremendous talent. So Tony Khan knows his wrestling. I mean, I don't know what role Muda would have. You know, he's not a kid anymore. But uh, I used to see Muda with the NWA in the late 80s. My God, that guy was great. Oh, <laughs> believe me. I saw him month after month on those NWA shows in Philly. Uh, you know, him against Sting. And uh, the guy, guy was tremendous, tremendous. Yeah, that's where he was involved doing the Darby and Sting match versus Brody King and Buddy Matthews. That makes sense. See, I, I'm sure Khan was aware of that. So. Yeah, it brings in because of that relationship with Sting and such and the history they had. Well, actually, we added another question here. 
in my head because of what you just brought up about the Bucks and Omega. And just, I know that subject's been talked to death as far as what happened after the pay-per-view, but I didn't get a chance to ask you with this. But what do you think is going to go down with those guys with everything? Obviously, we heard Punk is hurt from the match, supposedly, with his tricep. Had that fixed. Yeah, so, I saw I saw him favoring his arm during the match. I, I noticed that. I think that's legit. Yeah, but during the post-match scrum and all that, then we, like I said, that's been talked to or talked about the, to death. What do you think is going to happen with this third-party uh, investigation and such? Um, I think like any investigation, it's going to um, favor whoever the promoter wants to favor. Uh, you know, in WWE, it's always we're gonna we're gonna suspend this guy for using steroids, but we're not gonna suspend that guy for using steroids. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just speaking in generalities. Uh, you know, Tony Khan looks like an honorable guy. He loves. The way he hugged uh, Claudio when he came in, he certainly loves his wrestling and loves his wrestlers and pays them well and treats them well. And uh, they're making good money on a reduced schedule. I think he's going to ultimately do what's good for him and his company and, and the wrestlers. And um, But the other side of it is you can't have guys attacking each other, whoever may be at fault, I'm not saying. You can't have guys attacking each other. It's still a corporation. There's still legalities. There still could be lawsuits. Uh, and if somebody's hurt in a brawl and they're out for months, that's income lost. You know, this guy, I would have liked to have seen all those guys last night. I mean, wouldn't you're sitting at an AEW show that comes rarely to your city and New York's a major city. You know, it's like, wouldn't I have liked to have seen Punk and Omega and the Young Bucks? Of course. So it's not doing anybody any good when there's, you know, dissension and uh, even legal issues, as you say. I have no idea what what's going on legally, but uh, yeah. um, I just want to see great wrestling. Ultimately, I start I st I started watching wrestling in 1972, 50 years ago. I started attending in '74. I've seen the best of the best around the world for basically a half century. And I just, when I go to a wrestling show, I just want to see great wrestling. I'm not going to, I don't want to agonize who hates who. He's an unhappy millionaire. This guy's an unhappy millionaire. You know, some of these guys have some of the best deals in the history of this business. Thousands and thousands of wrestlers have left this business broke, broke in, okay? No money. Um, you got guys who are making big money on, on a part-time schedule. Why are you so unhappy? Why are you so unhappy? Come on, come on. I mean, how many wrestlers would give anything to be in your place, all right? You, 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 show, you show up to a TV show, uh, you do a pay-per-view every so often, you know, you can work your indies if you choose to, if you need to, but I mean, these guys have some sweet deals over there. It's like, why so angry? <laughs> in the words of the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger, why so 
serious. Speaking of these guys, good... these guys are making tens of thousands of dollars at a convention in one day. I know mm-hmm. guys who didn't break a hundred grand in a year headlining arenas around the world back in the seventies and early eighties. They didn't break a hundred grand. Okay, uh, they they paid Sasha Banks. I heard thirty grand for one day signing. I mean, be happy, be yeah. happy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, what I was going to say for my final question is: speaking of good deals, is the former page debuted last night and you mentioned that chick like she was andre the giant tongue-in-cheek uh, do you have any idea what kind of role she would have because obviously you've heard rumblings online that you know she always wanted to work with Britt breaker which why wouldn't you because she's one of the best out there Baker's excellent the match wasn't particularly excellent yesterday but she was excellent yeah but, you know, I can see why you want to work with her. But Soraya from, or Serena? But yeah. my big concern is for Soraya is her neck history. Well, so what kind well, of role does she have with the company? Let, let, me, let me just say this. Brian Danielson, WWE wouldn't let wrestle, and he's back full, full force. So, uh, unfortunately... You could go to three doctors and get three different diagnoses. And, uh, you know, I have no medical background. I don't know the situation with her neck. Um, you know, things can heal. You know, another doctor may say, do it. Another doctor may say, you know, wrestle, but be ultra careful as far as the neck area. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, all I could tell you is sitting there, she got a huge reaction. Huge. I mean, they they popped like this was the biggest female wrestling star in the world. And I don't perceive her as such, but uh, that crowd, you know, they love her. And I think she'll be a big deal over there. But would you think that if she were to get into the ring and she gets said medical clearance to work even on a part-time basis with AEW? Do you think she would be one of those to be, say, like an Edge or a Steve Austin or such that they completely change their style to protect said neck? Well, when you're talking neck, you're talking possible paralysis, living your life in a wheelchair. So it's no joke. You know, it's not mm-hmm. your elbow. So you can live, you can live with one elbow. So, so um Again, I, I think it's going to come down to doctors and clearance. And, um, you know, this is years after the injury. I mean, I, I don't know the state of her injury. And you would uh, think this would be part of the conversation before she was signed to a deal. Correct. Or, or you know, she's a good talker and she's beautiful and charismatic. And maybe she could lead a faction. AEW seems to love those factions. In fact, let me just say this. AEW and WWE, stop booking four-on-four matches, five-on-five matches. It's lazy. And and unless it's two very clear factions that have a storyline, it's just slapping matches together. You know, to me, it's it's meaningless. Just throw a bunch of people in the ring, 
You got eight minutes. Spot, 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 spot. Get your stuff in. Get your stuff in. Finish. Boom. I mean, I uh, I want to see. I want to. I want to care. I want to care. You're throwing four people together, or eight people together, or ten, or whatnot, uh, isn't conducive to great wrestling unless it's a war games. <laughs> Put ten guys in a war games. Let them kill each other. That's that's wrestling. But. Uh, well, Evan Ginsberg, ProWrestlingPost.com, ProWrestlingStories.com. Anything else we want to get out there, too? Um, I will have a book coming out sometimes, probably next year. Um, it's called Wrestling Rings, Blackboards, and Movie Sets. It's 100 stories from my life working in the film business, working in the wrestling business, working in the teaching business. And... Uh, I, I basically wrote stories throughout the pandemic lockdown. New York was hit very hard. Queens, the epicenter of the pandemic, besides China, of course. <laughs> and uh, so uh, look look forward to that. It's going, it's from the heart, man. A lot of friends that I lost over the years, Johnny Valiant, Nikolai, Killer Kowalski, Larry Sweeney from Ring of Honor. I have a long-term relationship with, with Ring of Honor. Um, um, when we were doing The Wrestler, uh, we, we filmed with Ring of Honor and uh, Carrie Silkin's a dear friend. And uh, I'm very happy that Ring of Honor still exists in uh, a prominent, you know, uh, form. I, I, I would love to see them running their own house shows again. Uh, who knows where it's all going to go. But uh, wrestling's thriving in 2022. Um, I just saw... For WWE's next pay-per-view, they have $1,750 packages for a B pay-per-view. The wrestling fans love their wrestling. They'll spend their money. So let's see Ring of Honor, you know, run their own shows. I mean, AEW has so much talent. It's, uh, it's a shame for them to be sitting and catering, as they say. Let them, let them all work and... Um, you know, um, <laughs> it is what it is, man. Uh, it was a mixed blessing last night at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I, I called it as I see it, and I didn't sugarcoat it. And, uh, you know, wrestling journalists, uh, their bread and butter many times is an obsessive fan base. And they'll use adjectives like intriguing, the the storyline was intriguing. Well, was it exciting? Was the match great? You know, was it worth getting on buses and trains and highways to see it? You know, stop spinning, you know, call it down the middle. Uh, we just did on, uh, on Jonathan's show and Crazy Train Radio is an excellent show. Much respect. You know, Jonathan also... Uh, a journalist, not, not an obsessive fan. There's a difference. There's a difference. Tell the truth. And um, that, that's pretty much pretty much it. I mean, I go back to AEW. I, I support them. I respect them. The wrestling is certainly worth seeing. Uh, I just think they have to get out of the this is a TV show mentality and think, hey, a portion of this crowd is not ideally seeing this this well and uh 
And I was in the middle. There were thousands of people higher than me. And the wrestlers looked this big in the ring. You're almost forced to watch it on a screen. Well, to wrap, full disclosure, from a journalistic uh, perspective, as you were saying there, post-show was uh, Jericho uh, rubbing you uh, on the head and saying, thanks for coming, Sonny. Uh, no, no, but, uh, I have nothing but respect for Jericho. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, uh, I don't, don't know. I, honest, I honestly don't know Jericho personally, but, um, this guy, man, I'll tell you, 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 you have to include him in the all time greats. Yeah. And it's all subjective, whether he's in your top 50, top 25, top 10, the guy's great. And he, he just reinvents himself and he, you know, I mean, he's 50 years old and he's putting on excellent matches. You know, mm-hmm. this this isn't always the case. I mean, guy, guy's tremendous, tremendous. Yeah. And uh, and those fans, I don't know what kind of music they listen to, but they know every word of his theme song. They love the guy, man. They, those guys are singing like uh, the down at the alehouse or whatever. You know, they, they, they love the guy. So yeah. nothing but respect for Jericho. Yeah. Exactly. Of course, I was kidding, tongue-in-cheek there, but uh, I do want to mention again, because the episode just dropped, but a mutual friend of both of ours, Keith Elliott Greenbergs, he has his new book out, Followed of Buzzards, and he's got his book release party on October 13th there in Queens, so you can check that out as well. But Evan Keith Elliott Greenberg is a serious journalist. He's yeah. not just wrestling. He's a no. writer. He's a right, you know, reviewing Raw and SmackDown, writing 5,000 obsessive words doesn't make you a writer. You know, it's Keith Elliott Greenberg's a writer. He's, he's the real deal. And, 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 and he's a nice person. He's a good guy. I, like, yeah. I, know, him, I, I know him a long time. I mean, I don't know him well, but, um, you yeah. know, he, he's a good guy. As I said to him the other night, and I've gotten to know him probably the past year and a half or so, so... It's still a small portion of how long I've known the guy and got to interact with him. It, But I'll put it this way. He comes across as a renaissance man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Didn't he do the uh, he did the book on uh, the night John Lennon died, right? Yes, he did. We were yeah, talking yeah. about that the so, other day. Yeah. So um, Keith Elliott, this is a long time ago, obviously. That's why my memory is a little vague, but. Keith Elliott Greenberg did this book on the night John Lennon died. And let me just quickly tell this story because it's wrestling related. Okay. I'm at Madison Square Garden, December 8, 1980. That's the day John Lennon died. I walk out of the garden. The main event was Bruno against Sergeant Slaughter. It was a rare night that Backlund wasn't there. Backlund was in Japan. Okay. Backlund was always the headline of that era. Bruno versus Sergeant Slaughter, which was great. Prime Slaughter, heel Slaughter was amazing. Was amazing that era. So I walk out of Madison Square Garden and um, I get out the door. It's 11-ish, give or take a few minutes. And there's a weird vibe in the air. It's just a weird vibe. People like murmuring, whispering. I walk up to an absolute stranger and I go, what happened? Guy goes, John Lennon was just shot. John Lennon was just shot. They didn't know he was dead yet. Okay. Because this what you have to realize this is pre-internet. Basically, 
they're, they're getting the 10 o'clock news, the 11 o'clock news. But word was just circulating yeah, about and, what happened. And the word, did you hear John Lennon was shot? And Keith Elliott Greenberg, years later, interviewed me for that book. And I told that story in that book because it's such a surreal you, you're in this fantasy world of pro wrestling and you're walking out happy. Hey, Bruno beat up Sergeant Slaughter, you know, and, and you're walking out into, into this nightmare, this nightmare. And as a lifelong New Yorker, we were very ashamed, very ashamed that uh, John Lennon was killed in our town. You know, it really was a black mark on New York and, uh, you know, he he was uh, he was over at the at the Dakota, 72nd Street, Central Park West, which is now a tourist landmark. People go right in front of the building is where he was shot right outside the front of his building. He, he was coming home to see his kid, if I remember correctly. Right. Um. Yeah. And, and the guy that shot him, he signed autographs for the guy. earlier in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Right across the street is, is the, the front of um, Central Park, one of the en main entrances. And that's where they have Strawberry Fields, which is the uh, tribute to him. And there's a little thing um, on the ground that says Strawberry Fields. And the tourists come and put flowers there. And uh, so, uh, yeah, December 8th, Bruno Slaughter and John Lennon got slaughtered. Horrible, horrible. Uh, Keith Elliott Greenberg chronicled my story. Yeah, and we, with a music touch as well, we were talking again about his book with uh, Tom Stevens, from the, who was the drummer for Jeff Healy. So, but we can spend another couple hours on music, but we're not going to today. But Evan, thank well, you so much. Well, it's nice. Let me just say this. It's nice that you have interests beyond wrestling. Some I've heard wrestling fans say to me, they've actually said to me, WWE is my religion. Vince is my hero. And I'm like, you should reassess. You should really reassess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Evan, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks as always, Jonathan. is truly exciting and so glad that they are starting to make a positive impact. Little Bean Soapery is a woman-owned small business based in Northeast Pennsylvania. Little Bean Soapery does so much as all products are handcrafted and offer many different things for both men and women. Soaps, scrubs, body butters, bath bombs, solid cologne and much more. Little Bean Soapery also does things for special occasions such as birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day and special seasonal gift sets. But also, let's not forget large orders for party favors by request. The great things about all products is that they are crafted to be nourishing on the skin. If you wish to check them out, please feel free to visit littlebeansopery.com. Any questions, please feel free to also email littlebeansopery at gmail.com for custom inquiries and or ask anything else you wish. Tell them that Elena from Crazy Train Radio sends you.
Uh, this is Booker T, five-time WCW champion and general manager of Friday Night SmackDown. You listen to Crazy Train Radio. Now, can you dig that, sucker? <laughs> 